Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Zar. I'm the host. Today, I interview my old buddy, Norman Cabrera. He's been on the podcast before, but it was like three years ago. I can't believe time flies. Anyway, he's an old friend from the makeup effects days, and he's been directing music videos and stuff lately. And uh, <clears throat> I want to have him on to see what's up with him. Had a really, really super fun talk. Um, talked about his projects and uh, bad movies, bad horror movies, lots of fun stuff. So really great conversation. So that is coming up. Um, what else do we have going on? Uh, we have uh, the Skull Shop Skull giveaway this episode. I'll do it the, you know, at the end of this intro and um i got names in my black magic hat from the dystopia show of uh people at the five dollar level and up if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society and join for a dollar a month but if you join at the five dollar or higher level you get entered to win a free skull from the skull shop s-k-u-l-s-h-o-p-p-e.com and they're giving away a free um skull every month where's my skull oh where's my skull there it is for those of you oh shit watching on youtube that's a that's a skull shop skull they're amazing my favorite skulls. All my skull paintings, anything that has a skull in it, I've used this for reference. This very skull. It's my favorite one. Anyway, put this up here in the background. So we're going to do the drawing for that in a few minutes. Um, yeah, I should have said uh, he's only, I think he's only doing it for people in the United States. But... I didn't say that. So whoever wins this one, if you're overseas, I'm just going to pay for the shipping, I guess, because that would be wrong. Um, so anyway, that's coming up. Uh, what's been going um, uh, What's been going on with me is, oh, wait a minute. You know what? While we're, while we're on the topic, there's only one new subscriber. So I'm going to say the new subscribers somewhere in here. Um, new subscriber with a really generous donation, a generous pledge. Thank you so much, Mage Shibari. That is so cool of you. I really appreciate that. Very generous. Couldn't do it without you. People who support this podcast, that's how it happens from um, subscriptions on the Patreon. Again, uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, so let's get into, um, uh, what's been going on. I've been just dealing with, uh, trying to paint for my show zombie death bots, which is coming in October. I'm uh, going to be showing with Dos Diablos and I forget the other uh, two other amazing artists, but I forget who it was. <laughs> I just can't keep track of anything. I mean, I know these people too. Um, uh, but that's coming October 8th and um, I've been painting for that a little bit and working on these tool posters and dealing with everything else. It's just too much to deal with. Um, oh, and the, the uh, uh, crypto 
crash is happening, which is kind of insane, but the stock market crash is happening too, which is insane. Everything's insane right now. Uh, not financial advice whatsoever, but these are the times in crypto where you could, if you if you buy the safe things like Bitcoin or Ethereum, you stand to make a lot of money when it goes back up because it will go back up, <clears throat> in my opinion. Um, so as much as it's a terrible crash happening, it's a huge opportunity, but that's not financial advice. That's just my opinion. Um, I would never suggest anything financially, but that's my, that's what I'm going to say on it. Uh, yeah. So that's been going on just the, you know, everything is so crazy right now. Don't worry though. I hope people aren't too stressed. I mean, I'm feeling the negative vibe myself. And, um, you know, we're going to all get through this. This stuff happens in cycles. You're here for a reason, you know? So don't sweat it. Sometimes you just got to persevere and get through it. And we'll all make it. And um, we have the community to support each other. So reach out if you're feeling bummed about things. That's what it's there for. Um, we have another sponsor too. Let me read this sponsor ad and then we'll get on to this skull shop drawing. Okay, so Beautiful Bazaar. Y'all know Beautiful Bazaar. Amazing art magazine, dark art magazine, really, I think. <clears throat> but um, they cover different types of art, but they, they show a lot of dark stuff in it. And um, it's really the only game in town for dark art. Really amazing magazine. Anyway, they, they're sponsoring the show for like a month. So um, I'm going to read this advertisement for them because they're awesome and they support. So anyway, they it's a, it's a great opportunity really too. Um, it's the Beautiful Bizarre Art Prize 2022 it's uh, the International Beautiful Bazaar Art Prize 2022 is now open for entries. It's an annual non-acquisitive art prize celebrating diversity and excellence in the representational visual arts. This international prize is open to artists in any country. It covers all static mediums, traditional art medium, digital art medium, and photographic media. All styles from realism to hyperrealism to dark art, pop surrealism, and lowbrow. There's over $57,000 in cash and prizes to be won, as well as global exposure. And they do have big exposure too. They've got uh, quite a few followers on social media and they post a lot. So, and the chance to exhibit at Modern Eden Gallery in San Francisco, which is super cool. Grand prize is the grand prize winner will receive $13,500 in cash alongside a host of other prizes. They're also a host of prizes for second and third prize. Winners in each category. It's worth noting that the beautiful bizarre team look at every entry. It's the best way to get your work in front of them, including the editor in chief herself. On top of that, the 110 finalists will be automatically entered in the People's Choice Award, where the general public will vote on who they want to win. So that's two chances to be a winner. So for more information regarding category award categories, list of prizes, how to enter, when uh, visit www.beautifulbizarreartprize.art. That's www.beautifulbizarreartprize.art. It's easy to enter. Just enter uh, 
best work from your existing portfolio. There's no need to even create new work. And the sponsors of that, let me see, I've got a new, a new list of sponsors that's easier to read. Um, let's see, their beautiful Bizarre Art Prize is proudly sponsored by Gold Art Prize sponsors, Raymar, Inprint, iCanvas, Yasha Young Projects, and ArtStation. Silver Art Prize sponsors, Smart School, Poets Artists, Digital Printmaker, and Rosemary Brushes. <clears throat> Um, so let's see. Entries close July 17th at midnight Los Angeles time. So be sure to enter before then. And uh yeah, beautiful bizarreartprize.art and beautifulbizarre.net are the websites. And that's it. So I uh you know I've wanted to enter this contest many times myself. Actually, I've I've told them oh, I'm going to enter this this time and I never do because I'm always too busy but you know if I had time I would absolutely do it because that's not chump change and it is a really good opportunity so they're they're a great magazine I wouldn't be be uh taking their advertising money if I didn't think they were a cool magazine so that's that okay um and now let's let's do the um the drawing from skull shop our other sponsor. Okay. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is my black magic hat created by Todd Waters for the dystopia show. This is black magic's hat. See the little glowing cross. And in here, you can see I've got all the names of people at the $5 tier and above the dark art society, Patreon. So I'm just going to reach in. I'm not going to look. And I'm just going to grab one. I got it. Okay. This person wins a skull. This is the first skull winner from the skull shop. Jennifer Steck. Jennifer S-T-E-C. All right, Jennifer, you want a skull from the skull shop? So I will email you and talk to Kyle at skull shop and we'll get that skull out to you. Wow. That was exciting. That was the first time we ever did that. Very cool. Okay, anyway, let's get on with the um, interview. It's a great one. Very fun. Norman's a great guy. You'll love him. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Norman Cabrera, hope you enjoy it. So what's up, Norman? Oh man, <laughs> fucking only everything, <laughs> as Tom, Tom Renoni used to say, only everything. You know, <laughs> our good pal. You know, it's good. Um, to, good to see you. It's been a long time. Here. Been a while. It's been like how many? It's been like a couple of years since you were on the podcast. I think, or like three years or something. Uh, yeah, I did. I did the podcast with you probably about three years ago, Crazy. and then um, I haven't seen you since probably the last time I. Went. I saw you maybe at Monster Palooza, you know, or Son of Monster Palooza, you know. Right. So um, that was probably the last time, you know. You yeah. didn't do it. This, you didn't do it this year, huh? Nah, I'm still trying not to get COVID. Still being safe. I hear you. I hear you. You know, I haven't gotten yeah. it yet. So there's an insane amount of people. That's what I heard. Monster I, I heard it was I mean, crazy. More, more than more than ever. It was, really? It was crazy. Absolutely nuts. I've never seen anything like it in my life. There's, I, I don't know. I estimate it's like all... twenty to. 
20 to 30,000 people over the weekend, I think, you know, because wow, it's always so, really crowded on Saturday. It was more than usual. I wasn't there Friday, but I heard it was crowded on Friday. And then I was there Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, maybe it was a little less crowded, but that still doesn't mean it wasn't crowded on Saturday. Right. It was like elbow to elbow. It was crazy. Wow. It's, it's, it's kind of become like Comic-Con, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. He's going to um, have to move to a bigger, a bigger oh place. Maybe. <laughs> that venue is plenty big. So I hope he doesn't move to any place bigger, you know? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't want him to leave. I don't want him to go far, you know? No, I don't want him to go to like Long Beach or something. Cause then I, I probably wouldn't go. It's I know. too far. That's you what know? they do with designer con. They start doing it in Anaheim and I'm like, I'm not driving yeah. to Anaheim. I don't want to drive down there. I hate to say it. <laughs> I, it's funny. Cause like we should be used to be driving in LA, but at the same time, I don't, I, I don't like driving that far. I mean, I, yeah. it's just the, tr there's so much traffic now. It's just crazy. Oh, More yeah. people live in LA now than they did when I moved here in the mid eighties, you know? Yep. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But, Especially you should see uh, when I moved to Monrovia, Mm -hmm. in the beginning it was just dead quiet no traffic sure. parking everywhere now it's just like everywhere else it's just packed it's just jammed. I, re I remember uh in 1985 when i moved to la uh if you went to pasadena it was literally a ghost town it's hard to imagine <laughs> that now but i'm not joking you there was tumbleweeds and i'm not <laughs> i am not making this up there's literally tumbleweeds I mean, it was like you couldn't rent that area for, for a dime. I mean, I mean you, you could rent that area for a dime. And now it's just like one of the most expensive properties in Los Angeles. But but I am I am not joking. There was a couple of <laughs> crummy little thrift shops and uh, kind of odd yeah, yeah. stuff there. And 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 um and and there was literally a tumbleweed rolling down <laughs> the, uh, uh, <laughs> Colorado Boulevard. <That's> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the times have changed. Oh shit. The times have certainly changed quite a bit, haven't they? Yes, yep. yes. So what you tell tell us what you've been up to. I know you've been up to all kinds of stuff. And and uh I you're uh, I'll I'll start off with saying that your video was amazing. It looks so good. I can believe it. It was like totally professional looking. I mean, like amazing cinematography and lighting and everything was amazing. The effects were awesome. It was like totally this high-end production i was like how the hell did you do that <laughs> i mean that's not that you're not capable but it's like the stuff we used to make like effects guys used to make like short films and videos back in the day and it was always like the quality wasn't quite there and it's like this looks like a professional movie yeah yeah i mean i i really really wanted it to be really slick and and uh you know um uh i i directed another video from municipal waste uh about three years ago, um, it's called Slime and Punishment. And then, um, you know, we, we it's, you know, as municipal, you know, municipal Waste is the band. Yeah, the band, the band is called Municipal Waste. Um, the brand new video is called Electrified Brain. And um, so basically to give you a, 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 the short version of the story, um, I, I, I met uh, Ryan, you know, uh, about three or four years ago. I was a fan of this band. I just love this. They're like a 80s style thrash, you know, mm -hmm. metal band, yeah, yeah. Uh, crossover kind of punk thrash, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and uh, I just really, really dug his band. And when I, when I get into a band, I, 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 first thing I do is I try to figure out how can I work with these people because right. they're yeah. doing something that's just so cool that like, um, I just, I have to work with them. You know, I don't, I don't usually reach out to too many bands and, um, and in the past I have, uh, but this, this was one of those cases where 
I I came across this band roughly how do I I want to say 10-ish years ago, 8-ish years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I was kind of following them peripherally. I like their stuff. Um and then and then I saw the I saw a video of theirs, uh, a live performance of theirs um that I was just completely blown away. I mean, it, it was like uh, I, that's what finally sold me on the band was that I, I, I saw that they're playing live and I was like, I have to work with these guys. And they also had like, <laughs> I know some people don't like to talk about politics, but you know, thrash and, and punk rock and heavy metal and stuff is politically bent a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 um, and they had, they had a huge banner of like Trump blowing his head off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's freaking sign me up. Rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I mean, they, they literally sell a T-shirt. You know, this was like that's hardcore. Four, four or five years. That, I mean, that's like, you know, back in the day, you know this because you grew up in the punk rock scene and the, and all that stuff. You know, everyone hated Ronald Reagan in the eighties. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like 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 you know how many how many songs about hating Ronald Reagan did, did uh did like MDC do or you know <laughs> yeah or, dead Kennedy you know, or on and on. Dead <laughs> exactly you know and you know you're a ba- you're a massive fan of dead kennedys i know you are you yeah know? yeah and and um and how many how many anti-reagan songs were there back in the 80s you know like uh, and and i don't i feel that like um uh you know punk rock and 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 thrash and stuff like that had this rebellious tone to it in the 80s that i feel like over the over the decades is lost Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I just these guys were just packing it big time, man. You know, like the rebel, like just the, the the rebelliousness of these dudes. Like, we're gonna put a T-shirt, you know, with, of the freaking, you know, the forty-five, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> you know, like blowing his brains out. I'm like, well, you know, hey, I don't know if they got you know harassed by the FBI for doing that, but, right. but that's pretty hardcore. So Definitely. I I I um I I I got into them and then I started communicating with them on, uh, on, um, uh, on Instagram and stuff like that. See, that shit like, works, man. You just, you can just reach out and, and contact these people nowadays. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so like, strangely enough, they were on tour and, um, uh, they were, uh, Ryan, who was the, the main guy I, I became eventually would become really good friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was posting videos of them, touring around and they they actually have a really they had a pretty decent following for quite some time and um so they were on a tour on their tour bus watching stuff and of all things he was posting a video about lancelot link like they were watching no the, on the, <laughs> the talking chimp and you were like <laughs> i have to work with them now and i'm like he's like they're, they're sitting on their tour bus watching a video of lancelot link you know, what, the, the, are uh, they are they our age group or something no no he's a, i mean i think ryan is like is he, i think he might have just turned 40 or 40 41 or something wow because it's but, like uh, you know that that's lance lance link is like old <laughs> i know but the the, the great thing about uh, about uh about ryan is that he loves all this kind of stuff that was probably kind of more from our generation. Oh, too. really? But, but I mean, he was like kind of the eighties, nineties kids. I, a nine, more of a nineties kid, I suppose. But, uh, uh, but he loves the stuff from the seventies and the eighties and the sixties, uh-huh. et cetera. So anyway, long story short, I, 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 I started communicating with him about Lancelot link. <laughs> <laughs> and then lo and behold, you know, um, uh, uh, we, 
you know, hit it off. And I was like, hey, dude, if you ever need any effects for your your videos, et cetera, et cetera. So um, they they got me to do the um, the video for Slime and Punishment. Um, and then uh, and then cut to three years later, uh, present day, um, they have a brand new album out um, uh, called Electrified Brain. And so I, I directed the title track. And um, because we were so... Uh, at least me, I only speak on my behalf. I felt like I was so, the last two years have been so hard on, on so many levels, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because people have dealt with all kinds of crazy stuff. And it just, it, I, I felt like there was this, um, I, I personally felt like uh, a pressure cooker was building up inside right. of me where I was just like, if somebody hires me to do something that where I can, gonna... I'm, I'm just going to explode. Right. You know? like, yeah, you definitely so, did. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so they hired me and as you know, um, uh, music videos are done on a low budget. Yeah. It's not like I had yeah. un unlimited funds. Or that's anything. why I was, I mean, that's why I was asking. It's like, how did you get everything to look so good? It looks like you had a millions of dollars behind it. It's that's what I, I mean. I was hoping to, to shoot a million dollar video for for on, on a shoestring budget, and that's what we did. You know, so right. I, I called in a lot of favors. I had a lot of heavy hitter friends working with me. Uh, Mike Mendez produced it uh, for me. Who he does a lot of you know movies with real budgets. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Matthias uh, um, Schubert was the DP on it. He's wow. direct, he, he's he's DP'd a bunch of uh, indie horror stuff, um, and I basically like just called in a lot of favors for my friends and things like that and and since i have relationships with people like you for example and other people that i've known for 30 years and and they're like you know i'll help you out you know like right. and so so uh so i called in a lot of a lot of favors and and um and and um one of the big you know sort of um the 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 the, the linchpin or the the master cylinder was this guy rob lucas you know um from wolfpack studios and um, he's a guy that I've known for a long time and he has a huge studio in Burbank and he's like, come shoot at my studio, you know? And oh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow. You know I mean? I couldn't necessarily afford to, to shoot hit with his full rate at a studio at his studio. Right. But, but, uh, but you know, he, he, he's just like came through like, and he's a big metal head guy and he's loved municipal waste. And he's like, no, nah, I just want to work on something cool. You know, oh, so wow. everybody was primed, everyone was primed to work on, on on really cool stuff and then and then um and then on the effects end of it i had this younger kid 22 years old um noah rivers and um and he's the kid in the video but he's mm. also like oh, okay. this, this up and coming makeup effects guy who i met and <laughs> guy was like so into it like he's like what do you want me to make uh you want to make a melting head sure make a melting head <laughs> you want to make a um you know a uh uh um you know uh, 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 this, that, and the other thing, you know, like, oh yeah, what else? You know, electrified brain. Sure. <laughs> and, and he was, he was down for it. It was like it had that that energy of like from when we were kids. I know that's what I that's what I'm thinking. It's like just think if you were 22 years old and you met this old dude making this cool video, and he was like, "What do you want to make?" How excited we would be to do something like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, like when you know when I started when I was 20 with Rick Baker and and I. We worked crazy hours. I mean, we were and, and just having. I yeah. didn't want to go home. Yeah, you know? like, right. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I was just like, I don't want to go home. I was, you know, twenty years old. I had moved here from Florida, you know, to make monsters for the movies. I was working for my hero, Rick Baker, and and like, 
you know, I didn't want to go home. I mean, yeah. I, I going home, going home to sleep was irrelevant when you're 20 years old, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's yeah. like, we, you know, even if, even if you were working on a project underneath your desk, you pulled it out and you worked on it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, I mean, we, we, we did a, it, it, we did this crazy um, all weekender thing where we were working on Harry and the Hendersons. And uh, this is my first music video experience. It was uh, for Twisted Sister, you know? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Be, Which be one? Cruel to, oh, be really? cruel to your school, you know? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I was probably 21 or 22. And this is like 1988, 89, something like that. And and um, so I was working with Howard Berger, who now has K and B, and and right. and and uh, and he knew Tom Savini. He had just worked on Day of the Dead, and um, and so Tom got hired to do the effects for this Twisted Sister video, and so Howard, I was working with Howard on Harry and the Hendersons, and Howard was like, "Do you want to work on a Twisted Sister video and do some zombie makeups with appliances from?" day of the dead and i'm like uh is this a trick question of course I want to, you, know? <laughs> you know so so uh uh we pulled this crazy weekender thing where we were working all week at rick's on harry and then on friday or saturday morning we got we drove to out to monrovia or whatever wherever the heck it was it was it was a high school that they were shooting the video at and we literally worked saturdays into into sunday without taking a break and into sunday night and I drove back from from Monrovia and and um, went to work at Rick's and so did Howard for that matter. Wow. Uh, we were just bleary eyed, and and Rick 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 looks you know Rick's looking at us and he's like, "What what's going on with you guys? You know, you, did you guys what, what were you doing all weekend?" And we're, and we're like, uh, "Well, we worked on this music video for Twisted Sister." And he's like, "You bastards!" He goes, "Don't ever come in here tired again." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't really say exactly right, that, but right. that, that's my impression of it. You know, that's hilarious. So, but that, but when you're, you know, like I said, when you're 20, oh, years yeah. old, you, you can, you can do crazy stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And I, I remember those days where you'd go and work on just some personal project of someone's that you're helping out and, and you just, you, you have to work all night and you're driving home. It's like, and almost falling asleep at the wheel, but you're just like, you know, you, you're, you put these hours in like it's nothing. oh yeah and then it's like no. and it just it was kind of crazy when i think about it like it's i mean it's cool. dangerous too. yeah i know, I know but, but <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times i drove home from something like that just being so tired that i like started falling asleep it was it's actually really fucked up oh yeah no i that drive i remember getting in my car from the from the video shoot and then i literally drove from the set to rick's which we started at eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning and I literally drove to his shop and I, I remember putting the, the key <laughs> into the ignition and suddenly being at Rick's house or I'm sorry, at Rick's shop and, and not knowing what happened. Yeah. The second I put the ignition in I know. to, to, to the, the time that I got to his shop. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I've experienced you know? that also. I didn't know that. So the twisted sister video shot in Monrovia, huh? It was, it, 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 you know, my memory is so fuzzy, but, but it, I want to say it was Monrovia. I actually asked Howard Berger about it recently, and he says he's pretty sure it was a it was a high school in Monrovia. Yeah, because there's you know? Monrovia High School. It's kind of like yeah. a very high school looking high school. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. It almost looks like it, it looked a lot like the high school in Rock and Roll High School. You know, like right, it had yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. kind of feel. You know. Um, yeah. And uh, and and I got to be I got to be one of the zombies. So if you actually watch 
um, Be Cruel <laughs> to Your School, you know, the, 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 yeah. the Twisted Sister video. Um, I'm in it as a zombie. You see me a couple of times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. I mean, come on. I'm working with Tom Savini yeah. and then Twisted Sister and, and it's a video music video and I'm, I'm in a zombie makeup and it's like, come on. And we're making up a bunch of kids as, as zombies with Day of the Dead appliances. It was like, I mean, it was, you know, I, at that moment in time, there couldn't have been anything more fun going on than that, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you, uh, when did you, I mean, have you been wanting to make direct videos and movies for a long time now, or is this something that like you're seriously pursuing or was it, is it just something that kind of came up or have you? Um, I've, I've been wanting to make move. I've been wanting to direct movies for a while. You know, um, the thing is, as, as, as anybody will tell you, that you know has been through the grind of trying to sell a movie um it's really really difficult yeah to sell a oh movie. that's right you've you had a you've you had like a a, a project I, in yeah i had a deal i had a deal um i had a deal about uh 10 years 10 or 15 years ago um uh for a, 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 a disney um so a disney animation uh this guy mike moon you know um uh helped bringing a project that I had called Billy Bones, you know, and it was right, like, a, right. it was like a, a Halloween movie, um, you know, uh, but a dark, a dark Halloween movie for kids, yeah. you know, but it was, it was edgy. So, so I think a lot of time, a, a lot of people weren't sure, like, okay, you know, um, uh, do we do this, you know, kind of edgy type uh, movie at, with, you know, 13 year olds in peril, but I, you know, I was just having them, interacting with these jack-o-lantern creatures and things you know it wasn't like right. they were there was there was no slashers there was no none of that stuff it was all very like using um halloween mythology you know um mm -hmm. with 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 kids but the the reaction i was getting from from a lot of people were like well you know it's too scary for kids and 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 it's it and and it's not uh a slasher movie for adults so it's somewhere in between but you know cut to you know 20 years later and now you have it you know the new it yeah, which right. has you know 13 year old kids in peril you know being being like a, terrorized by right. this horrible you know clown creature you know and it's sort of like um you know so it's it just it just it just goes to show that like people will give you a million excuses why they can't make a movie until someone makes a movie I know. Exactly <laughs> every... like the one you pitched them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then they want to make that movie over and over again. Everybody. Precisely. Over but yeah, over. I mean, I've been, I've been, I, you know, it's something I've, I've, uh, it's, a, I've had, I have a couple passion projects, you know, under my belt right now that I, that I'm actively pitching. And, um, you know, if someone out there is listening to it and wants to hear a pitch, I'm, I'm more than glad to give it to them. But, you know, it's like, it's the hardest thing in the world uh, in Hollywood to get is financing. You yeah, know, it's like one of the, yeah. one of the hardest things because, you know, everyone's pitching their dream project. And, and, you know, I have a couple of, in my back pocket that, that I, that I'm, that I'm trying to get made. So, uh, but every once in a while, these opportunities show up where I get to direct something like these music videos and, and, um, and then I get a chance to just, you know, explode, you know, with, with ideas and, and, and wild stuff. So on electrified brain, I was just like, I'm going to pack this with as much wild visuals as I can. Yeah, I can. And, <laughs> it definitely did. <laughs> and municipal waste, you know, they let, they lend, they lend themselves to uh, a sci-fi horror thing because of the nature of the band and the thrash metal thing. Mm -hmm. it, it works really, really well with sort of a dystopian, toxic holocaust you know sort of uh world you know oh, and yeah, stuff like totally. that. you know like 
Um, and then this is sort of like um, the underlining theme of of of, uh, of the video is is you know being abducted by a faceless organization um, and being taken have your your creativity taken away from you and turned into a mindless drone like everybody else. And right. the, in the end of the video, the kid escapes. You know, yeah. so it's sort, of, it's sort of like you know it's 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 at the core. It's it's like um, it's kind of like what we're going through today. You know, right, yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, like cor- you know, corporations and faceless organizations just basically want to rob everything from from us. You know, so. yeah. <laughs> so, you know so I mean? how how many um, uh, videos have you directed, or how many projects have you directed in in your, in your uh, career? I've, I've I've directed um I've directed about four different things at this point. You know, the two most recent ones were were the were the uh, um uh, and I've done some some earlier films were which are you know just for uh as a on you know just to practice you right, know, direct yeah. and whatnot you know um uh you know i it, you never go out and you know your first your first thing is is never you know the the thing you want to show everyone you know but yeah. but uh, um the 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 stuff that i'm proud of that i'm most proud of and that i want people to see um is the the thing the last two things I did for waste, you know, which is uh, slime and punishment, which we did three years ago, and then this one, you know, which is like, I, you know, is, is the one that you can check out right now. You know? Yeah, yeah, because I I'm just say, thinking it's like that's the thing about directing because it's like I you know most of us have wanted to direct every in effects mm. everybody wants to be a director it seems like, and yeah. it's like I always wanted to do that too, and but it's like how do you how do you practice you know you don't get well, opportunities to practice because it takes like so much organization with so yeah. many other people so it's not like something you could like practice your chops on all the time to get good at it it's like you kind of have to do do it somehow get on a project and then just try yeah. to keep, keep trying to get projects just to initially initially it, the, you know? the, yeah initially the way to do it is to you have to unfortunately you have to spend your own money you know mm-hmm. like, like like if you do a i've done a couple of uh, i've done a I've, I've done a couple of shorts that i've done and stuff and you basically just kind of figure out a way to finance and do them yourself um you have to keep them really low budget one location yeah. that sort of thing and and um i've done a, i've done a couple of things like that where where uh, you know there's there's stuff that i that i wanted to do that i wouldn't necessarily even show to somebody as a demo reel you know but right but that's that's how, that's how you learn like you don't show people the, the very first sculpture you ever did you know right. yeah, um, yeah, yeah because you know you don't want somebody to get the wrong impression but but i um the one of the earliest things i directed was that the ghastly ones video from, from oh, my yeah. band yeah back that's in a great one 1994 um you know like holland hearst the the um uh, um, the, the video for the ghastly ones uh, was one of the first things that I directed. Yeah, you know, like that no, that, nice... that's that was great. I mean, that still holds up. I think I love that video. Yeah, thanks. Super yeah, cool. that was that was really fun to do, and I had this kind of idea. You know, the ghastly ones was kind of like this monster Z type. You know, yep. surf <laughs> uh, surf meets horror. You know, like band, and and uh, the video was very very inspired by you know the kind of like black and white. Yeah. you know, creature features, you know, so um, that's on YouTube now. And I, it has a, a tremendous amount of view, views, you know, so you can, it, for your listeners, if you want to look up Ghastly Ones Hall and Hearst, that's one of the first things I directed, which was probably from around 1996. I want to say something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, it's funny. Speaking of Ghastly Ones, I, uh, Severin Films had a, a, a sale this weekend, you know, Severin. Yeah, company. of course, of course. And they and I got the uh, Andy Milligan 
box set. Oh my god! Because <laughs> they had it on they had it on half price this weekend on Saturday. Worst movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other one I got for them was the Al Adamson box set collection. Oh yeah, it's Al, like... Al, Al is actually a slightly better filmmaker, but not my <laughs> really. <much>. Yeah. <laughs> But, but, but the uh, ghastly ones is from an Andy Milligan. That's an Andy Milligan film. Yeah, right? that's where we got. The, that's where we got the name from. You know, was, right. was, uh, I just love the trashiness of yeah. a, of of a um, you know of a of, of a band being called the Ghastly Ones, and it's based <laughs> on this, this really trashy movie from the '60s. And it's 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 the movie is virtually unwatchable because <laughs> and Andy Milligan was this dude from Long Island, you know, or Staten Island. And he would, he got all his, his, um, his eccentric theater friends, you know, from Staten Island, you know, um, to shoot movies with him. And he just used a, a, a 16 millimeter documentary camera yeah. where, where, where the, um, the eye hole is different from where the lens is. It's not an SLR, you know, it's not a single lens. Re so he's, his compositions are off because he's looking through here and, you know, and the candle lens is here. So everyone's talking and, and you, the dialogue is like, so anyway, what do you think, Fred? You know, like, it's like, you know, and then, and then they, great. they would use, he, then he was trying to shoot these, um, Victorian period right. uh, horror <laughs> films, but you see like power lines in the background. <laughs> and, I mean, it, he, but but it, if you like trash, I mean, which I love, I love yeah. trash movies. I mean, yeah, me too. Sometimes, sometimes trashy movies are more fun, you know, than yeah. than a uh, um, than than a big budget movie. And and his movies, if you can, if you want to, um, you know, subject yourself to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some real torturous filmmaking watch andy milligan's the gasoline ones well, or like uh the body beneath or any one of those things you know yeah it's for me it's like uh, i mean yeah i love that terrible stuff it's so great yeah just because it's it's just entertaining and fun and we're, it's just so absurd um, especially when they were trying <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were trying well, to do it do a good job and it was just like well that's what so i was tell people I always tell people that's what what makes it great is that they weren't trying to make a crappy movie. They were trying to make a great movie. Yeah, yeah. But but, but they what they came up with was horrible. But what the 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 genius part of it and the sublime part of it is that is that it really feels like it was made by some kind of maniac. You know, like I mean, like it's like it's like it's like it's like they gave an insane person a camera. <laughs> and they made a movie like Andy Milligan, you know, um, yeah. uh, Ted Michaels, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, 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 you know, countless others. And, and you know, um, Al Adamson was another yeah. one, like a complete maniac, you know, uh, somehow allowed to make movies. And there were these <laughs> like these bizarre, like like uh, 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 eccentric characters and they sold them to the grindhouses in New York, you know, and yeah. and. And and that's how they made their living, you know. And and um, but it's and or Herschel Gordon Lewis for that matter. Yeah, you know? yeah. His movies are his movies. Herschel Gordon Lewis movies are completely inept, you know. But yet they're <laughs> so fun to watch, you know. I yeah. mean, they're, it, it's you know, I, She Devils on on Wheels is one of my favorites. I don't, I don't think I've seen that one. I just watched a Herschel Gordon Lewis uh, documentary though this weekend. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, he yes. was insane. You know, yeah. and like you have you have his his trailers. You know, have um, you know people mispronouncing things? You know, like, and it's just, it's just and like just chaos, just chaos. You know, like blood and guts, just you know, you know cow tongues, and you know, yeah. I mean, it's just a mess. You know, but I, but it's like it's like, like they allowed they gave 
somebody, you know, a buck 98 to make a, a, a crazy person, a buck 98 to make a movie and they made it, you know, right. that's, that's what's so genius about it. <laughs> I like too the, the, the whole, the stuff I really love the most is the horror stuff. That's really bad because mm -hmm. most of those guys were doing it just to make a buck and they didn't give a shit about horror. They were like, Oh, this is how you could make a buck. Yeah. And so it's like their version of what horror is which is mm -hmm. like not something that like a real fan would do so it's like super dumb and fucked up and yeah. ridiculous but i love that about it because it's like a it's it's kind of like a peek into the mind of some of a crazy of a crazy <laughs> person <laughs> a crazy yeah, person like... that's not into horror movies at all yeah yeah <laughs> one of those guys one of those guys is this guy larry buchanan you know who's like actually one of my favorite crappy filmmakers but um he took aip movies he took all those he took like the day the world ended and 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 uh invasion of the saucer men he you know and he turned him into he without even trying to get the rights to the script even <laughs> you know i mean he literally was just like he took he took the day the world ended which has that paul blaisdell creature in it and stuff uh -huh. and he remade it as as a movie called in the year 2889 and and, <laughs> and um and he, he would shoot him really low budget and he's one of my favorite filmmakers because this guy had the boss to just straight up just like take AIP movies and remake them without asking for credits without asking for permission to rewrite the script I mean it was just like and then he had he had a, a, a you know his monsters were were just creatures with greasy green makeup on and ping pong ball eyes and yeah. stuff. I mean, you, you know, Curse of the Swamp Creature is one of my favorites too, you know? I, I um, got to get a list from you because you're like the, oh, yeah. the connoisseur, you know them all. And like, I, I'm trying to, I want to, I want to, I, I've, I, I've this secretly, I'm on this search to find all these trashy movies that they used to play on the, on the uh, weird stations mm -hmm. on the weekends, like on the, not the networks, but like, they'd have the oh, yeah. horror movies and it was like, that's where I saw Octoman for the, when I was yeah. a kid, it's like, I want to see those movies. Cause I know that they used to play that weird, even like that Andy Milligan shit. They used to play on those for like these kid kitty horror shows. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I saw, I saw um, uh, a couple of those movies, like those John Ashley, Eddie Romero movies, like yeah, the, yeah, the, the mad, mad doctor of blood. Island. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. I, I actually saw, I saw uh, brides of blood. Okay. This movie, <laughs> Which is like, uh, so if for those of you guys out there who don't know who this is, John Ashley was this guy who was in all these beach party movies. You know, he was in like, he was in all those Frankie and Annette movies, right? right. And then, so he went to um, the Philippines and he, and he hooked up with this guy named Eddie Romero. And they, they made all these really shitty um, 60s monster movies. And one of them was called Brides of Blood. And it's, and it's like, it's on, it, they're shot in the Philippines and they have, um, uh, lo just local people, right. non-actors acting, you know, yeah. right? And then one of these I saw at the kitty matinee. I'm not joking. You, I, I, we, used to, my mom would drop us, off, drop us off at the kitty matinee, and we'd watch, you know, cartoons, and they would show like, you know, whatever, you know, it was a right. kitty matinee. You know, like yeah. they, they don't really do that anymore. But in the '70s, that was popular. You know, like yeah. you drop kids off to, to watch these movies and one of the movies that they show was brides of blood <laughs> and, <laughs> and not only do the, are there man-eating plants that rip people's arms off in this movie <laughs> there's like there's like a, a a filipino like uh maiden 
you know, they get like the creature, you know, it's as a sacrifice. It's like, it's kind of like Tiki God sacrifice. And she gets, she gets, you know, put on this pedestal as a sacrifice to the right. monster. And the monster like rips her top off. And, but it's, <laughs> this is playing for little kids. And you're kind of like, who decided to do this? I mean, but it was the seventies, you know, the seventies was, was so I mean, crazy. You, you literally see it for a split second. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like, like you, if you blink, you miss it. But at the same time, when you're, when you're, when you're 10 years old, and and your your you know your parents drop you off at a kitty matinee. The last thing you expect is to see a a big hideous monster, you know, like attacking you know like some some uh, island maiden, you know, or whatever, you know. It's right. like it's just like you're like what, you know, like. It's, I mean that that was the '70s. I mean, we also in the '70s we used to go trick or treating, you know, without any supervision. So yeah, you know, <laughs> go, go figure. They wouldn't oh, even yeah. think of doing that now, you know. Yeah, we so. were just talking about that on one of the episodes recently about you know you'd ride your you go get a, go on your bike in the morning and just be gone all day, ride with no helmet, no shirt, yeah. all the way across town by yourself, you and your friends, and you're like nine, and then come mm-hmm. back. If they come back before dark or when it started getting dark, it's like, oh, can, yeah, it's just a different, totally different time. Yeah. My, I mean, my, my, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like my parents were concerned, you know, for us because, you know, but, but at the same time, there wasn't that level of fear. I feel, I feel yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, I feel like one of the, one of the pivotal things that changed in our household was that, um, you know, when, when, uh, when uh, I was living in Florida and, and, um, you know, Charlie Manson, you know, got arrested in California in 1970. And I remember that year, you know, my dad was like, there's hippies in California killing people. You know, and he saw it on the news. I was kind of like, I was 10 years old. I didn't even know what the heck was going on. You know? and, and, and my dad's telling me, you can't go trick or treat. There's, there's hippies in California killing people. And I'm just like, uh, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> But it's still like oh my one God. of my one of my favorite memories from when I was a kid. You know, it's like it's just it's just too funny. But yeah. I mean, and then you know, I mean, it 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 only stoked my my yeah uh, right my my desire to, to to like kind of seek out weird stuff. You right, know? And right. Honestly, it's like 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 you know, your 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 dad tries to terrorize you into thinking something is really scary. But and then you're like, same, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the same time, you're when you're a kid, you're like wow, now I need to know what the hell yeah, exactly. Now I didn't I'm even interested. know what this was until you told me about it, you know? So it's, it's like his plan backfired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing, the other thing I think about a lot is that we were influenced by these, these terrible, trashy, weird ass movies. And when we were kids, I mean, I know for me, and it probably is this way for you, you're not concerned about reality or if something is realistic. It's like, it's, it's like, uh, you just accept it for what it is. And it's just this weird fucked up thing. And that Mm -hmm. just goes in your brain. And then it comes out as we, as we grow up and become artists, that's an influence. That's like one of the primary influences. And it's, and it's like, you know, but, but, but we're artists. And if we're good artists, we have like good taste and stuff now, as far as what we want to create. So mm-hmm. we, we would never make a piece of shit like that, but that piece of shit influences the good art that we make now. So it's almost like, for me, I feel like those influences are so strong in me. I want to elevate them to how they made me feel when I was a kid watching them. 
taking that, this taking this low thing and then like elevating it into a painting or a fine art piece or whatever you know yeah that's that's a, that's actually an excellent analogy an excellent assessment you know like you're, you're trying to filter that feeling that you got from something that was like you know really low budget really rickety or really weird you know like and you kind of the, you're, you're, you're pining away for that feeling that you got from that really strange right. thing that you saw yeah. when you were a kid. I mean, you, you summed it up perfectly, you know what I mean? And I can't get I, it anymore. It's like, I want to get it again. It's like, the, but those days are gone. You can't have that experience anymore. You have to, it's like, you know, and, and I'm sure you're the same way. It's like, you're, you're always searching for that in a movie, even in a really good movie, you still want that feeling that it gave you. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm, you're, you're, it's like one of the most elusive feelings there yeah, is, is, that, know, is, so is, is that, is that like you're pining away for that feeling of, of, of that weird uh, sensation you got as a kid from totally. watching, you know, yeah. rides of blood or something <laughs> like that, you know, or, 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 or something, you know, even weirder than that. I right. have, I have a memory. Uh, one of my earliest memories was um, when I was a kid. Uh, um, so I, you know, when I just started to kind of, I, I was just like every other kid that you just listened to whatever was on the radio, you know, right, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking when I was like eight, yep. eight or before I was 10 years old, you just listened to like, if they played ABBA on the radio, yeah, you listened you listen to, to ABBA. <laughs> if they, if, you, if they played, uh, whatever um you know hooked on a feeling or, yeah. you, know, what, you know like whatever you know like like those kind of songs those 70s things and and i i didn't really have a really strong understanding of what was cool or what was not cool. right yeah and then, and then um uh then i met this this kid in school his name was richard this is when i was 10 years old it's really one of early early memory and um and this kid, his brother was much older and his brother had the room with like the black light paintings and the, the <laughs> lava lamps and, and like Alice Cooper records and all that kind of stuff. And, and I remember going into this kid, Richard's uh, brother's room and, and I was looking around and I was kind of, and again, I'm like maybe nine, 10 years old, you know, uh, I'm looking around, I'm like, whoa, man. I mean, my memory, his, his walls were painted black, you know, <laughs> and, you know like, and he had like out, Alice Cooper posted yeah, on the and that was and so had, like, scary. It was all scary back then for us, like, you know. Yeah, like a dragon and a freaking <laughs> like the zodiac sign, and you know, like 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 all this stuff like that, and like incense was burning in there, like patchouli or something. And he was playing like you know, uh, at, you know, Alice Cooper, like I'm 18 or something, right? You know? And 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 I was kind of like, um, I really shouldn't be in here. Like, <laughs> I know, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it was, I, you know, at first you're just like terrified by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then, but then at the same time, you're like, for whatever reason, you get you know, later on or shortly thereafter, you start to realize this is the stuff that I like. I yeah. Mean, I, I used to love to go to Spencer's Gifts and this, that we had a place in Florida called the Barefoot Mailman that always had the black light posters. Yeah. They had the Don Post masks. They had the Be Something Studios masks and all that stuff. And, and that stuff was just like so you know, instrumental in, 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 in my early, you know, like, you know, desire to seek out this stuff. And it's, it's still to this day, you know, it's like, yeah, something yeah. like you're pining away for it, you know, somehow. Yeah. You know? Just, so. it's like those, uh, what are those, uh, terrible masks, the really bad ones that, Oh yeah. Like the top stone mask. Yeah. Top you know? <laughs> it's like the top stone yeah. mask. So bad, but there's just some kind of like magic connection there when you Absolutely. see them now it's like it takes you Absolutely. back you I, they used to sell those they used to sell those topstone masks in the 70s they still carried them at um at uh 
at Kmart. Oh, really? You know, like, like the place, the place where we, you know, in South Florida, you know, and they, Kmart, they had them out here in LA too. But when I was a kid, if you went to go buy something, you know, like my mom, you know, bought all her, um, like now Target is like a, a, the bigger right. place to go to. But in the seventies, when I, my memory was Kmart, right? So Kmart had, when the Halloween stuff came out, it was like, oh my God, it was game over, man. It was like, holy shit. So, yeah. and I love, initially I loved all those old Collegeville, you know, um, uh, boxed, you know, the Ben Cooper, you know, yeah, yeah, right. but I also, but, but, but to be honest, like what was even cooler was those really crappy topstone masks, yeah. you know, like, like, like that you'd pick them up and they, they smelled so strong. Like the rubber <laughs> was like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know if they, they were spraying them with naphtha or something. I mean, the, the, the smell of those masks was ridiculous. And you put them on for two seconds and like your hair smells like, like <laughs> rubber, you know, <laughs> but, and they were completely covered in air bubbles. And like, yeah, you know, like the, they had like warts on them, these natural warts from the, the shitty molds being poured over and over. So it's like, you know, you couldn't, they would never sculpt them that well. They were actually no. really cool looking, but so they, they almost had like this weird fungal disease on them. In a way. <laughs> you know I mean? Little did we know at the, at the time we were like, wow, man, these things have this cool fungal disease. <laughs> <laughs> little, little did we know that it was those air bubbles on the, on the surface of the mask, you know, <laughs> that's the best. There's nothing, there is nothing on earth that tops that feeling you're talking about pining away for a feeling yeah. from a kid. there's nothing better to, than, in my memory than going to the kmart oh, you know when yeah. i was in the 70s we also had a place in in florida called grants which isn't mm -hmm. around anymore but grants also was like the cheapo uh, uh uh department store and you walked in there and then they had all the halloween stuff out but all those shitty rubber masks <laughs> and all that oh my god you and people don't, okay. it's kind of, it's a kind of a bummer again, you know, we're just sounding like old guys, but whatever, that's what we are. But, but, you know, I feel bad for kids nowadays because it's like you go into a target or whatever, and it's like, it's all like they made a deal with one company that does all of their Halloween stuff. And it's got exactly. the cardboard placard things and they hang it up on the thing. And back in the day, it's like, they had all these weird masks from different places. They, they, a lot of like dime stores had like, even not in Halloween, they had like uh, monster <laughs> toys and mm -hmm. monster candy and uh, uh, gag, all gags and magic tricks and stuff, just yeah. regular drug stores, which was so cool. Cause there was like that. And they're all weird. And they're all that, that weird shit you get from the back of comic books, you know? <laughs> oh like, Yeah. I, you know, you know what's funny though is I, I meet I meet a lot of people now who are like are, are in their twenties and stuff, and they love that stuff. Like, yeah, to them, to them it's like they they pine they pine away now. You know, like the younger generation, people in their twenties, they're pining away for the stuff from like those top zone masks and the yeah. crumb, those crumb yeah, masks, yeah. And, and even Don Post and and Be Something Studios and all the Zagoni and all those places like that. You know, like like you know zagoni now you know which was what you know like they reissued all this like I, i'll show you um, <laughs> i have a couple here i'll, I'll show you I'll cool out. cool um so uh so you know i i as you know i love rubber monster master my yeah. favorite thing so yeah but this is like oh the yeah thing. my friend probably, used to have that yep yeah this is one of the most popular masks from the late 70s yep. early 80s 
and it's even in a movie like you know like it's like, yeah. it's like a, but uh, but uh zagoni is like reissuing these masks from the early 80s oh no this, way this is actually a new pull and, you can, and they're not, they're not even that expensive they're like huh. you know 50 or 60 bucks you know that's so cool and, uh, yeah and then and then uh, the other one is this one is this this uh silver wolf you remember this guy yeah <laughs> yeah that's also you know you can wow. get that from zagoni now and I, so I, they're the same molds they're they're actually pulled from the same the same uh, uh um uh, uh, that's set, great you know so but uh i mean you know i i you, my room is just full of you know this kind of stuff i mean because i i surround myself in my office with stuff that inspires me you know so yeah, so, yeah. Uh, um, but what what's i mean what's cool is that i think that there's so much interest interest in the stuff that of from our generation so to speak that a lot of companies are reissuing them I know. now, you know, which yeah. is really fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I was going to ask you. Oh, oh, have you seen the uh, that YouTube show? The guy who goes into the history of the Topstone masks. Uh, I've seen a few it's of like, those, but I, it's like he I'm stopped. Not... I think he stopped doing them. He only did a few, but they were so good. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe someone made a YouTube show for me. It's like it felt like someone made a show for me. Nobody yeah. else wants to know about this shit. But yeah. uh, and it goes into the the history of all the topstone designs and I just think that stuff's so cool. Yeah, it's great. And the illustrations were really great. Yeah, I mean, the shock, that's, the that was shock part monster, of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean so much of it was like everyone was obsessed with that shock monster cuz the drawing was so good. Right. The, the mask itself is so like so it's incredibly rough. I mean it literally looks like it was chiseled out of out of stone or something, you know? Yeah. But but like that drawing, I mean no one will ever know who that artist was as far as I know. I mean I don't think anyone anyone has ever uh, um uncovered who that artist oh is. no it wasn't it wasn't the guy who sculpted the top stone masks because i because i remember there was one guy that they talk about that was like the top stone mask sculptor and it was like the you guy know who probably the when, when somebody when, when somebody um when somebody <clears throat> watches this show maybe maybe they can um jump in and and, and you know and uh, uh mikey rotella is like a guy that comes to mind that probably oh, yeah i just had him on the show I just had him on a few episodes ago. Yeah. I should, I should, it's uh, funny because I, 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 I love, I love this kind of stuff, but like when it gets into the hardcore, a lot of this like deep, you know, deep dive um, stuff, like I, I couldn't tell you like who right. uh, some of these people were. I mean, I, it's, I love it, but I, you know, it's like, you have a limit, <laughs> but, but yeah. And then, you know, it's funny because it's, it's sort of like, my you know your brain is sort of like at a certain point it's sort of like the hard drive on a computer you have to like dump some stuff out (laughs) (laughs) completely yeah that's what that's what it feels like with me so so, some of the stuff is i i i it's weird i have i have complete recall for certain things and then certain things is just you know my my hard drive just you know uh ejects ejects that disc out you know yeah so. yeah <laughs> i was just thinking about that how i get like songs stuck in my head still for two days and they're like from the fucking 70s oh yeah and it's like it's it's that's how embedded that stuff is in our minds it's like mm-hmm. st- you know it's like how long ago is that like 50 fucking years ago or whatever it's like <laughs> i've got yeah. songs from 40 50 years ago stuck in my head and it's like yeah, that is well, insane. Yeah, and they, and they wake you up in the middle of the night. You know, like, <laughs> it's terrible. Like, Why the hell am I, you know, waking up to like sky rockets in flight? 
afternoon <laughs> delight you know like yeah or you go to bed with it and wake up the next day and it's still in your head it's like this is like a weird form of torture yeah no I, that happens to me all the time i get i get this i get a song stuck in my head and and some i almost kind of wish that they would be some of those 70s songs some of them are just a lot of times horrible songs from the yeah. last few years and they get stuck <laughs> in my head you know so yeah that's even worse yeah, oh, you know, man. But... <laughs> so uh uh um what's it what was what's it like to have um a project that you're trying to get made and pitching that seems like it would be so nerve-wracking it's it's uh it's pitching is like uh is as a is one of the well-known forms of medieval torture you know is it, um, is it, is it like terrible because you're just being judged well, by these people or or okay like you have to have you... a certain type of personality maybe to do it well no it's it's not that i mean i i i if i if i knew what the secret was i i you know i i, I just couldn't tell you one of the most difficult things is just like walking in and and um you know you're 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 you know if you're pitching a movie it's like um you're pitching something that's dear, you know, dear to your yeah, heart, you right. know, like it's a passion project, you know? And a lot of times, you know, people were like, yeah, this is great. This is great. You know? And then, and then nothing comes of it. Yeah. And, and it's it really like, it's really, really difficult, you know? So um, uh, it's not something. And, and even when I, when I had uh, a project um, for example, um, you know, uh, options, you know, at Disney, that's a, the um, word what, I was looking for what, option. Do you got to move? Yeah. The, the, option, option. the option thing is, is another form of slow death, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah Cause it's like, they, 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 from my understanding is they pay you like, yeah, they pay but, you but, just to develop it on your own. And then they check in with you. And then when the option runs out, they, if they want to keep the option open, they'll pay you again. So you're kind of in this limbo until they decide it, to make a it, move. Yeah, more or less, more or less. That's what you said. Yeah, you take a lot of internal meetings. And, you know, I, I know that writers a lot of times, I've talked to writers who write for Disney and stuff, and that sometimes they just do pitches, just to make a buck, you know, even like, because they, they're, they're, they need to make, oh, income, wow. oh. you know, so they're like, they pitch 10 different things, and then they get three of those things optioned. <laughs> and, and they're, and they're not necessarily passion projects, right? You know, but, but uh, um, but they do that. They they do it because it's it generates income. But when you know people like us who, you know, aren't um, aren't writers twenty four seven, you know, um, yeah, uh, yeah. and we we're trying to sell a passion project. It doesn't quite work that way, you know. So it's 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 difficult. It's really really difficult. But I have a I have like I mentioned earlier, I, um, Ryan um, Waste from Municipal Waste. Um, after we did the first video. Um, he had this really, really cool idea for like, um, like an 80s style, like heavy metal horror movie, you know, and, and he, he, he pitched it to me and, you know, and he's like, Hey, do you want to read my script? And I love people. I love reading people's script because I, I like encouraging people's creativity and, and I'll give them feedback. And he, he sent me his script over and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And he had about 70 pages written. Um, and I was like, this is really fun. It's sort of like rock and roll high school, you know, meets, uh, you know, uh, uh, 80s horror, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so it's like, you know, um, and um, so I, I was, I was like, this is amazing, you know, but are you going to finish it? You know, you only have 70 pages. And he's like, well, I have the idea for the, for the, 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 the rest of the script, but, um, you know, I just were looking for somebody to sort of collaborate with. And then after talking with it, you know, I, I, joined him on helping him finish the script so oh, cool uh, 
yeah so so like uh, uh that's one of the things that 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 uh it literally just happened i mean we're the the it's just the writing of it just wrapped up uh, um recently and um you know so that's one of those things one of the things that i'm going to be pitching is going to be with ryan uh that's his great. film which is still um uh he's not ready to go full board telling everybody you know right, like online yeah, yeah. and everything yeah, yeah. And he's still kind of keeping it a little bit on under wraps but but that's one of the things and then um i have the other thing that i'm that, that's i'm actively pitching to some big studios right now um is a like the ultimate werewolf movie you know <laughs> really you're 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 pitching to studios right now yeah i'm pitching wow. a film right now um you wrote you wrote the script i wrote the script and i and i i, I wrote the story and and uh, it's something that i want to direct and i wrote you would be the guy play. you're the you're the werewolf guy everybody knows you everybody in the business <laughs> knows norman's the werewolf guy well that's that's my hopes <laughs> is, is is to is to get some uh, a studio on board for you know putting up the money for it but i i met through through my friend mike mendez uh who's made quite a few movies um he introduced me to these really excellent writers uh um, Jace Anderson and Adam Grigak, and they've written a bunch of stuff. They've written, um, they wrote the mother of tears for Dario Argento. Um, they've mm. written a, a bunch of stuff for Toby Hooper, uh, wow. for Clive Barker and stuff. So they're really seasoned writers. So, um, I gave them the story and we hashed out the screenplay and, oh, and, no um, way. that's so cool. And, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a real, it's a real deal. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's my passion project, you know, and, um, and I, I wanted to approach uh, a, the werewolf idea from a completely different angle where it's not, you're not following a lot of the Hollywood tropes. Oh, good. Um, you know, um, it's not, it's, it's not about, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't want to read, even though I love American werewolf in London and I love the howling, I don't want to remake either one of those movies. Yeah. I want to bring something absolutely yeah. brand, brand new to the table. So, so um, uh, that's something that also just, has uh is starting to enter the the pitch stage oh my as well. god We're that's so cool of, you know so and we have it we have it on on people's tables and things but we're, we want to talk to as many people as we can to hopefully get the financing for that to shoot it next year so wow that's the point, you know that would be amazing and then would yeah, you yeah. are you going to try and direct it that's what i want to do i want to direct it and then you know obviously uh create the effects for it you know and stuff and and uh and um i want to you know basically make some stuff that that no one's ever seen before. You know, I, um, I feel like the, the benchmark movies uh, for the eighties, you know, as far as werewolves were concerned was where American werewolf and the howling, but no one's ever really done anything. That's like, that's yeah. taken it to the next level. Like right, what's right. the, what's the next level, you know? And that's, yeah. that's, that's what, that's what I'm trying to do without, without, you know, um, copying those movies. It's not retro, you know, it's not um, uh, a rehash of, things you've seen before it's a, it's a fresh approach you know so and, cool and, and being a being a you know a, an aficionado of of that sort of thing and having done a few where having a few werewolves you know <laughs> and underneath my belt so to speak <laughs> you know like uh, um, you know i i i i think i could bring something special to it so oh yeah for yeah. sure so <laughs> do, 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 um how was it working with writers like handing that you know was it kind of like you just gave them the story and you kind of got what you got or were you able to give input during the writing process? No, it was, it was a very, very uh, intense, you know, process. I mean, uh, you know, uh, basically, I mean, you really, really have to dissect the story, you know, right. uh, what, what I did was I, I, I wrote a lengthy treatment 
of of what I wanted to do, you know, what I wanted, what did I want, what I wanted to accomplish with the story. Um, I wrote like about a 10 page treatment, you know, which is just in long form, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a, a short version of the story, uh, roughly 10 pages. And then I, I got together with them and then we broke it down into beats, you know, like these are the beats of act one. These are the beats of act two. These right. are beats of act three. And then they, then, you know, it's a lot of ping ponging of ideas. And, uh, and since they're really seasoned writers, um, you know, they get it, you know, they've, they've worked with, with, with directors and stuff who have a story idea and they want to flesh it out into a, into a screenplay. So, um, it was a lot of ping ponging of ideas and, um, we, we kind of, uh, I, I use the, 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 um, the pandemic, you know, time off, you know, that we had and stuff like that to sort of capitalize on on having a little extra time, you know, mm-hmm. to, to focus on the story. So we, we wrote it, uh, we started writing it, uh, you know, approximately close to two years ago, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they, long, they write all the time. They're really, really busy writers too. So they're, right. they're not only working on my movie, they're working on a lot of other stuff too. So, so, um, so they would write pages and send me the pages and I'd read them and then give notes and ping pong stuff back and forth. And, 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 um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a time consuming process, uh, but we put a lot of work into the story. I really want it to be a really cool and original story and not something that you've seen a million times. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's another curse of the effects people when they make movies is like, they are, they focus so much on the effects and they kind of, they don't focus on the story enough. And it's like, you got to have a really good story first. You know, that's like the most important thing. And then you do cool fe- effects on top of that. And then it's amazing. You know what I mean? I totally agree. I want, I wanted it to have a, because at the heart of, of science fiction and horror and, and any of this stuff um, really at the heart of it, you still have to have a really good story. You know, a, a, a perfect example of that is like, you know, you go back to Rod Serling, you know, and, yeah. and, and um, you know, who he was the original writer for the Planet of the Apes, you know, movie. Yeah. And, and like, um, you know, it's a crazy idea. Uh, astronauts land on a planet, you know, where it's inhabited by apes. And he has to figure out a way to assimilate it in, the, in their world. And it's this crazy outlandish idea. But at the core of it, there's this like a human story there right. about like, we're going to kill this freaking planet, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. It's like it has it has a you know, it has a strong base to things that are relevant to people, right. you know, um, uh, you know, uh, it still has to have a, at the core of it, a, a strong um, story, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, at, uh, and uh, somebody like a Rod Serling would take a, a fantasy, and they did that in Twilight Zone all the time, they, these, these fantasy stories would be often become allegories, you know, for, right. for other things, you know, um, and, uh, and I, I, I think, um, I think at the heart of like a werewolf movie, it's, you know, it's about transformation, you know, of a person, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's, and it's sort of like, um, you know, um, and I, I want to approach it from that way, you know, that, that, that sort of approach. So. Oh, cool, man. That's yeah. exciting. I hope you, I hope you get it. Um, I hope so too. You know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, uh, the indie horror world, um, you know, is uh, what a lot of people will tell you nowadays is that, um, because of the way the market is, um, there's either there's two budget areas. There's a really low budget, like right. a million Micro and budget. a half ish, 
you know, like, or under, you know, really, really, really low budget. Like a lot of the stuff you see on Netflix, which is like horrible, you know, and and then, you know, um, and then there's like the really big budget, you know, like the, the horror brands, so to speak, like the Halloweens and and the Friday the 13th and, and that sort of stuff where they spend more money on, there's no mid budget anymore, you know? So it, it makes it extra difficult to to get a movie made where where um, you know I mean I'm I wrote my movie where it's limited um, where the, the 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 sets and the, and the locations can can be done on a lower budget but uh, um, you know it's it's either uh, you know um, really super low budget direct to you know Netflix kind of stuff or upper echelon you know like yeah like brand name horror you know halloween and so on and so forth you know it's like there's no in between so it's it makes it extra hard to get a movie yeah made. it's depressing yeah have you thought of like it's the tough. the crowdfunding approach and doing it yourself or it's not it's it's not off the table you know i want to go i want to try to find some some uh traditional funding first but yeah it's not off the table the crowdfunding it, it seems to me with, with the crowdfunding there's there seems to be a cap on on what you can get for a feature yeah, yeah you'd you have know? to be it'd have to be even lower than low oh yeah you know? you know i mean i i know i know people that have crowdfunded um you know like um you know one of the guys who i think really did a fantastic job crowdfunding a feature is uh steve kostansky you know he did he did uh psycho gorman you know i didn't and, see that and, and, and the void you know have you seen the void oh yeah. yeah that was crowdfunded that was crowdfunded wow you know because that was yeah. great yeah yeah the void is was great a, that was a crowdfunded movie i can't remember what the amount was that they got and maybe they got some back-end money you right. know to finish it or something that's also possible but um uh but uh um i i think he did an excellent job of yeah. crowdfunding stuff you know um that was a really creative and cool movie you know yeah, it's like yeah. cutting cutting edge you yeah. know um the crowdfunding thing is not off the table but uh, but i think the i haven't i'm gonna go a more traditional route at first because, yeah if you can um, do it uh, you know you know i think it happened um you know because i feel like there is a ceiling to crowdfunding which is get which you know again it can be done you know and it's <laughs> possible but it's it's like you know how low uh, are you willing to make your movie for you know it's like um yeah there's a point where it's like you know i don't even know how you would deal with the unions when you go to well, a certain point I mean, it's like because even non-union non, stuff non-union you know right but non-union stuff still has to kind of like work with the unions don't they have to like yeah. follow oh, yeah. some rules or something especially for using union actors i mean that's one of the the big, I mean, I know that SAG has a has a non-union has a indie movie contract. Like they have a lower tier. Oh, okay. Um, they they do they they want people to work. You know, I mean, the unions, you know, spe- specifically SAG, they want their actors to work. You know, mm-hmm. and they understand that that not every um, movie is going to be a, a full SAG agreement. You know, so they do have a a, a, a tier like a, cool. a, a lower a lower budget indie indie movie tier um that that so you become you can shoot your movie with sag actors and still technically be a non-union movie um it's it's all very complicated and that's one right. of the reasons why a lot of people don't shoot in los angeles too you know in other in other states you can get um you can shoot uh non-union crews and 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 still be um uh, union again it's 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 one of those things it's like it's it's it 
makes your brain you know, I know. <laughs> like go nuts trying to think of that stuff but yeah and it's and it's that yeah. ultimately again comes down to money because you just have to pay someone to deal with that part of it precisely and, you yeah know what i mean yeah 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 and and uh you know but i mean that's you know making a movie is like it's like uh you know it's like a it's it's like fighting a war you know i mean you go you go into it and there's like all these obstacles along the way and you you know just have to figure out a bam 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 like on the municipal waste video um you know i got a lot of bang for my buck on that because i i was able to call on favors and things for with friends that since since it's a music video you know you you know it's a, a day shoot two day two day shoot you know yeah. and i can i can call on favors you know with with close friends and things um to pull some stuff off that i normally wouldn't be able to pull off but you can do that if you shoot something over a weekend and you're right. like hey man you know can you come help me do these makeups or whatever you know uh um and you know uh, purely because you're my friend, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I, I do, I do favors for people all the time. Yeah. And it's all about reciprocating favors for people. Um, because purely because you're friends with people for decades and, right. and, and, you know, I, I'm happy to, to return favors for people. But when, if you're doing that for a one day or two days, it's possible. But if you're on a, like a 20 day shoot, it's not so easy to, to yeah. ask for favors. <laughs> right. You that's know? true. You know, so, um, so you have to take all of that into consideration. You know, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, do you like? I, I. It's a dumb question, but I mean, how? What's it like to be behind the camera directing a, something? Is it super fun, or is it like super stressful, or is it creative? It's, or it's I mean, both. It, it's 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 all of the above. I mean, it's stressful because you know everyone is kind of looking towards you to, for an answer. You know, right. about everything. You know, so. <laughs> And I mean, you're, you're wearing multiple caps all day right. long. And especially like on a low budget movie, I there's when a low budget movie or a low budget video, um, you don't have a lot of buffers, you know, like you yeah, can't be right. like, I can't, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Why don't you, just, you know, like you don't have a lot of buffers. So you're basically answering a lot of questions and things and, and it taxes your brain. I mean, a lot, but that said, um, that, and I'll tell you this with utmost honesty and, and sincerity, when you're, standing and looking at that monitor you know and you're watching something that's being shot that that's like it's something that you know was an idea that stemmed from your brain originally and now you're getting all these amazing people like a, a cool dp and cool actors in this case a band and 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 uh, somebody built this bitch and set and somebody did this and somebody did that and it's all coming together and it's all jiving it's literally one of the coolest feelings on earth. It, oh, it, it's wow. like, I, bet. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, 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 um, it's a direct transferal of like a dream that you have in your head. Like yeah, you seeing have, it physically. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like, you're like, you know, you, you, you do these amazing, really rich and textured paintings with all this depth, you know, um, like imagine taking that and then suddenly filming it with, a I know, believe of, me. I know. I think know, about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you're, if suddenly one is, and, and your paintings have so much life and so much depth and so much character and all the sky and all the, the textures and the things in the background and the, the buildings and the structures and the castles and the, the characters, it it's like, imagine you, you have all of that and now it's alive, it's 3D, it's right. going all the way back and there's a whole environment, and there's a whole world behind it and it's moving and people I, are interacting. I, I, yeah, it sounds you amazing. Know? It sounds amazing. It's I've yeah. dream, dreamt of it for so long um it's like it is like a, it is like a dream come true to be 
totally sincere and honest about it because it's a direct transferal of you know painting is or sculpting or whatever you do art it's a transferal from what's in your brain to clay or what's right. in your brain to canvas but then suddenly uh, making a movie it's what's in your brain to like a right. whole world where there's people interacting right other right. artists are contributing to 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 what you're doing and and it's and like the um, most direct expression of of uh, something you could imagine whereas like a painting is on a flat surface precisely a sculpture is you know in a certain material doesn't move or whatever but it's like right. you know a movie is a recreation of the idea yeah you know? it's it's like it's a it's a transference of a dream that you had and and it's and it's now it's moving in front of you you know that that must that must be amazing it's it's great i have a i have some somebody took a candid photo of me while while i was looking at the monitor when i was (laughs) shooting on this thing and i have this grin on my face and i'm just like (laughs) wow man (laughs) i'm like like if only that you know if only that that kind of (laughs) you know grin was was like uh, you know 24 7 you know like you know what i mean it's like yeah it's like, yeah it's a, it was a it, i have i have i'll probably post that photo you know sometime oh, yeah <laughs> um, it, i have this grin on my face it's pretty pretty freaking funny it's pretty extraordinary <laughs> have you seen uh, uh love death and robots on I netflix did. i loved it yeah I loved so it. amazing that's the cool thing about that is that it's it's bringing back like the short format thing so it's yeah not, you know so it's a way of doing something that's not a full feature but it's still Precisely. really good you know i love it yeah I was, I was in i was into that stuff i mean i do you remember night flight of course you know like back in the 80s it yeah. was night flight, and there was another there was there was one on mtv that was called liquid television yeah you know, yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah. And liquid liquid television debuted um eon flux that's you know? true that's, that's right that's right that and, was, and and liquid television was one of the things music videos and you know and since we're kind of on the topic of music videos, music videos was one of those things that like in the eighties was a transformative thing for me because I was so obsessed with, with, with MTV and music videos. I mean, I, my buddy, you know, high school pal, George, his dad was one of the first people to get MTV on the block, you know, and, oh, wow. and like we would go after school and like watch music videos yeah. and, you know, and MTV at that time, uh, had such a wide range of stuff that they showed. I mean, yeah. most people, when they think of MTV, you know, they think of like the real obvious, you know, like Cindy Lauper or, you know, right. um, uh, that kind of stuff. But, but MTV actually played a lot of really cutting edge stuff, you know? Yeah. There was uh, definitely that 120 minutes. Remember that show? That show was oh, yeah. great. Head, 120 minutes, liquid television, liquid television yep. um, headbangers ball. Oh you know, yeah. Headbangers um, ball. Yeah. Like, and, and then they had all this really creative stuff on, you know, and, and I, I was, you know, I was the right generation to be that first wave of MTV kids yeah. where they really just the those the they really they didn't show commercials even. They right. all they did was show videos or specials, you know? Yeah. Uh, or, or or cartoons or short subjects. I mean, it was it's hard to believe in this day and age because MTV is so incredibly lame now that MTV <laughs> actually was a cutting edge station. Like why not make it like that now? You know, like uh, there's so many young people nowadays and, and old people too, for that matter, um, that are creating really cool original content and they put it on YouTube and it's harder to, it's harder to get YouTube hits because there's I know. such a wide variety, you know, there's, yeah. uh, you know, there's such a wide net of, 
stuff. But uh, but something like MTV back in the day, they they showed they had these programs like, okay, we're gonna tune into liquid television. You knew you were gonna watch this wild stuff, animation, right. claymation, um, stop motion, et cetera, et cetera, or live action shorts and stuff like that. Um, and it was really cutting edge, man. I mean, I, so I don't understand why there isn't something like that now. Um, you know, I mean, I guess because people go to YouTube and watch it for free. You know, I mean, I don't really know. Like, yeah. why isn't why isn't there like an MTV, you know, thing now? And then even dedicate like, okay, this these two hours of the day is dedicated to this style. You know, like, okay, uh, this two hours of the day is dedicated to that style of music or something along those lines. Because it doesn't make as much money as stupid reality shows that MTV precisely. Shows have, and and, guess, and, and, and we sadly, we sadly live in a generation not a generation but at a time where everything really is about capitalizing on as much money as you can you know and i I don't and and i'm look you know me and i'm not a pessimistic person but we do live in an extraordinary times where really we're we're being milked so hard on every level you know for money you know like it's crazy you know like you you have i have amazon prime i pay monthly for amazon prime and then you go to watch a movie and they still charge you 20 i know <laughs> you know you're like why, why am i and then they put it? an ad in them sometimes and then too they put an ad. And it's like yeah, that exactly. is so, like pisses so me I'm, off to no end so i'm paying a service fee to amazon prime is like 30 bucks a month or whatever it is yeah you know? yeah and and then on top of that like we wanted to watch uh um you know uh the norseman you know, and, and we go to watch the Norseman and it's like, pay $20 like 20 bucks. I know. I know. So what, what am I paying this, this service? So we, unfortunately we do live uh, in an extraordinary time where people are, they're just, uh, people are, you know, corporations and things are trying to milk you for as much money as possible. And the artist isn't making the money. Sadly, you know, that yeah. the, 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 um, the, it's these people, the corporations are making the money, you know, the artist, yeah. The artist always is the, is the low man is the trickle down theory. And by the time it trickles it, down to us, it's you, you, you get like a little drop of piss. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's reminded me of the eighties. It's like, I, I, I just watched this. You, you're talking about Reagan. I just watched this George Carlin documentary on HBO and he's, and it was talking about the eighties. And I was like, man, that sounds so much like now with this real, in a weird different way, but there's a lot of that element of just this kind of, fucked upness and yeah you know i i agree i mean you know I, think, I think there's a there's like a um you know there's a, a greed there's a, thing there, there's a greed thing that's going on right now that's that's really unprecedented yeah, you know? yeah. i mean I, and then you know it's it it's uh it's it's um it's, it's it's not like it hasn't happened before you know because right. there was a greed there was a lot of greed um in the 80s and there was a lot of um uh you know, uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Everyone's like want, bragging about yeah. all the stuff they have, and you know, I mean, it, there was there was this kind of uh, current of of that sort of thing happening in the eighties too. But having lived in the eighties myself, and I know you were there as well. You know, yep. um, it's, this is this is next level stuff, man. I mean, it's like they're yeah, taking, yeah, they're it's... taking the greed to like a like a, an upper echelon, right? Too. And and there was also like to counter it, there was the most amazing underground like punk bands, and it's like yeah. there was this uh, other side of it, you know, as Precisely. much as it, you know that made it like I don't know tolerable or made it uh, the pushback, you know? Yeah, the yeah, push, the, right. the pushback in the eighties. The pushback in the '80s was was bolder and stronger. Yeah, and and I mean, more artistic. You know, it, 
I guess, too. It, it manifested more in art. You yeah. know what I mean? Then I think yeah. now it just seems everything just seems so crazy now. It's like, I don't know. It's 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 going to go the way it's going to go. I, I'm, I believe it's all going the way it's supposed to go. But, you know, me, that's how I've always always <laughs> viewed things. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, I mean, like if you think about it, like like, uh, um, you know, where's the dead Kennedys of now? You know? I know that's the Where, thing. Where's, where's where's the clash of now? You know, where's even like, uh, you know, a, a lot of the thrash metal scene and stuff like that was was pushing back on 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 totalitarianism and nuclear assault and or even and, yeah 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 you know, or, like, or even the just... world's gonna end if you know like if we keep if we keep pulling this bullshit you know like we are gonna you know the the the, the world will self-destruct and, and the way to correct these things is with art you know yeah. that's what i you know i mean that's your i know yeah, that's a... i've known you for years and i know your ethic is to to the way to speak about the stuff that we we go through you express it through art you know yeah because, yeah you know because we're, we're artists politicians. <laughs> we're <laughs> artists that's what we know how right? to do and yeah we're gonna we do our best things. you know yeah we express things in in, 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 in the, the way that we know and and people and a lot of times people like to dismiss artists because they think like well what do you know you're just an artist you just paint you know whatever right. but the thing is all of our opinions matter every single one of us yeah you know? and uh, you know um, artists often artists often uh are like you know telling things just like especially with like science fiction stories and stuff they're like sending out warnings a, mm -hmm. a little ahead of time they're taking the temperature of the culture and sure. showing it to people before they're really aware of it a lot of times so it's, it's mm -hmm. important, you know, it's an important. Yeah, absolutely. That the science fiction in particular yeah. um, is, is one of those things like it's, it, 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 it shows you a, it has a, it has a kind of a lesson, uh, a, a, a warning, so to speak, right. uh, like infused into a sci-fi storyline. You know, when you have uh, movies like uh, Omega Man, you know, Planet yeah. of the Apes, Logan's Run, um, you know, a lot of the movies that we grew up with, Demon Seed, you know, like um, a lot of my favorite movies, it's kind of sci-fi, dystopian horror kind of stuff, um, even Scanners or, or yeah. you know, Cronenberg movies, uh, um, uh, you know, a lot of these movies, if, if you know, they're entertaining and they're sci-fi, but they also have an undercurrent of, of um, you know, uh, of, of, basically making a statement about the stuff that we're happy and say, but it doesn't conk you on the head. Yeah, with it, exactly. You know? It doesn't, exactly. it's not heavy handed, you know, yeah. like, um, I, I like, I like that, you know, and, and, um, you know, uh, to, to a certain extent, I infused a little bit of that into the, into the, into the uh electrified brain video. It's like a, an artistic kid. Oh, for being sure. Inducted, yeah, you know, sure. by, by a faceless, dystopian world and, <laughs> you know they're going to melt his face off you know ultimately it's it's entertainment it's just fun you know but right. but it, it, i like i like putting a little bit of like that kind of um uh thoughtful sci-fi you know edge to it you know yeah I think yeah and, and 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 it just makes it you know ultimately i just want to make a fun video but but also want to make something that that's cool and maybe has a you're like whoa what's going on here you yeah, know like yeah. like let 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 the let the let the people decide what they get out of it you know um, yeah it's got uh, that uh, extra layer there if, if you're that kind of person that appreciates that exactly I mean? exactly and you can and i feel like all of those things a movie like logan's run or like planet of the apes or or any of these movies that i just mentioned um uh they can do that and they also they're doing it while they're entertaining you too right you know? yeah yeah uh, um you know uh and then the the the, the um you know the like you said the punk rock from from the 80s and even like the thrash metal it was the crossover punk metal stuff you know that also had this sort of 
um, you know, uh, dystopian, like, Hey, you know, the world's going to blow up any minute kind of stuff, you know, like it's, it's done for entertainment, but there's, it, it gives a little bit more weight, you know, even yeah, though it's, yeah. it's fun. And it's, you know, like you want, you listen to a band like destruction or Sodom or something like that. And, and, and um, they're giving you these kind of sci-fi scenarios, but they're disguising it under really cool music at the same time you know I, I i think that i think you know i think you sort of pick up on that as you get older too you yeah see what, for like, sure wow. at first you're like wow cool cover man you know yeah yeah but, no, but, then, yeah. but then, you, then you realize there's a subtext there you know? i love i love that though for you know like i know uh i, I know you got to get going in a second but oh no it's all good but but um doing all right uh you know like i think about like i was into devo before mm-hmm. before the freedom of choice album yeah, and it was like, and they had all those weird old, those some of the first music videos that were super creepy and weird, yeah. and those had such an influence on me. And I just liked them because they were so cool to me. They were just like disturbing oh, yeah. and cool. And then as I got older, I realized the message, and I was like, oh my god, it's so much cooler even. And I yeah. feel like it kind of like influenced me subconsciously in a way to help kind Absolutely. of shape. shape my views and 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 i think that's super cool you know when you oh yeah i, I remember seeing that i remember seeing that that all those early devo videos they shot on super eight yeah <laughs> it's like the uh, general boy and all yeah. that stuff like that yeah. was so creepy and the you know and then even like um uh, uh their song it's a beautiful world yeah yeah a yeah. sweet romantic that's, place yeah, you yeah. Know, like like i mean that's that one of my favorite videos of all time so really powerful. really heavy because because um they establish in that video all this like really idealized 50s you know yeah. like the, the 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 nuclear atomic home you know like everything's perfect 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 you know and yeah. like the perfect family with the perfect children and the and they have the dog and they have the the the, the fashion models with their atomic yeah. age clothing and all. <laughs> and then at the end of the video all these bombs go off and yeah. it goes up in destruction and you're like wow you know like yeah well start saying it's a beautiful world but yeah he's he's contradicting he's it's sort of like he's saying it in an ironic way yeah like, yeah yeah here's these people blowing themselves up with atomic warfare yeah, which yeah it's like but it's just a fun song but at the same time it carries this extra weight to it right you know? right yeah yeah it's like it's I love that. half yeah halfway through it starts shifting and the images are like world war ii bombs going off and then kkk people and sure. black people getting hosed and and then it gets more and more and then you got starving kids and then the nuclear bomb goes off at the end and then and then that's the thing even in the song it's got that subversive message because yeah on the the very last verse he says they're doing the whole thing it's a beautiful world for you and then at the end he says but not for me yeah at the very end you know what i mean so it's like that's kind of key to the yeah yeah really cool but but I, i just love that when there is when like i said when there is that deep deeper meaning for people who yeah. are, are interested because it's a state it's a statement on the whole like 50s world of like the leave it to beaver world was just an illusion you know like like uh, that people think like oh the 50s were so great you know they weren't that great you know there was a lot of horrible <laughs> yeah. stuff happening you know people were like oh let's go back to 50s yeah. you know make america great again yeah. no but you know there was a lot of oppression there was people who who uh um, yeah, it wasn't great if right. you're a black or a yeah, woman it was, it was, you know it's it like wasn't so it wasn't so great for a large group of, of Americans and other people across the world, you know, like, like, you know, there was, you know, it, it just was uh, not a leave it to beaver world. You know, it's, yeah. it was, it was, a, it was, it was a dark, it was a much darker world and there was a lot more vice 
and things going on that 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 uh, and underbelly to to this what we saw on what was presented to the public on television. So I think a lot of people are informed by TV mm-hmm. and they think that what they see on TV is real and, and that's reality. And they think somehow leave it to Beaver or Mayberry RFD, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, the, like reality. And the, the Brady Bunch, ne- all that I shit. I guarantee you there was never a place like that anywhere in time. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I, that's, that's why I love, I still love the Brady Bunch because it's so, Cause I was growing up during that time and it was not like that at all no. for me. It was like, it was fucked up. And, and to see that is makes it even weirder to, to like, yeah. you know, cause I just, my home life was kind of crazy. So it's like to see that, you know, to be growing up in this kind of chaos and then mm-hmm. to be watching that for yeah. your TV show was just such a mind fuck and just so, so weird. You yeah. Know? Cause you know how the seventies were. Oh but- yeah. <laughs> I, and you know, everybody it's, it's it's an idealized version of of uh, of life and it and makes it people, disturbing you know, kind of yeah it, it doesn't make it, it makes it a little disturbing i mean i i love the brady bunch and i loved all those the partridge family like, and all that. The partridge family and like you know it's like it's sort of like an idealized you know like that's what you uh you know um what everybody wants to have but but in reality like who really has that life yeah, no, you know? nobody. it's like and especially like uh, the brady bunch cracks me up because they're uh they're they're uh it's a man and a woman who each come from uh previous marriages <laughs> right <laughs> they, and they're so essentially they're two family units that come from previous broken homes right but they never ever ever address that <laughs> they never address like what was the what was the dad's ex-wife like you know yeah yeah what well one of the, mo- one of the mom's ex-husband like yeah they were like, know, like what happened they were they were <laughs> their the spouses died i think i but think they ever to, even covered no the no show? but these kids it was like the kids are just oh okay they just you know no one ever asked about how did my how did my real dad die or <laughs> like you never have like you know like one one of the brady kids walk in and be like what happened to my real mom you know like like i mean if, if somebody should almost do like a like a uh a, a rea- a, a, like a dead real version of the brady bunch 2022 you know right. and it's sort of like like two two families a mother and a father you know of these children coming together from previous marriages but it's done completely dead real you know like and you're like wow man imagine the shit that would go down there oh yeah know? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they, they kind of did that with the movie a little bit oh did that they? was like okay. a, co- a comedy version of of that but, yeah uh, but uh, i'm talking about like, like yeah yeah no the like real a, <laughs> like a drama you know like like something <laughs> it's like amazing yeah like a, like a like a oh man age. that would be great they did it same sets like a period piece in the same era but it was all done like totally the way it was and realistically that would yeah. be amazing oh yeah that would yeah, be I mean, amazing you know, that would be a show it, i would watch we had we, i had a i had a you know a, a tumultuous upbringing at a certain point myself and it's like it was no brady bunch you know it's right like, no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so tell me, uh, tell me about what's going on in the in effects. Are you working like solid, like you've always been in in um, shops? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like juggling like a, a bunch of stuff. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, you know, there was the the slow period where it was like stuff was getting figured out because you know movies c- couldn't get shot and you, right. You, know, you saw, you remember driving around in LA and there'd be like two people on the road and you're like, Whoa, you know, it was crazy, crazy. But then once they figured out all the, all the protocols for set and the masking and the, and the, and the, all this stuff, uh, 
it's like stuff just exploded you know i mean as oh really the busiest two years i mean i i, I, I had no idea ping ping ponging like so, a bunch of stuff hmm. um the, the the latest thing i have that's coming out is this uh guillermo del toro uh program called cabin of cabin of curiosities oh you know? yeah you worked on that cool yeah yeah i worked on that um so that's coming out that's the that's the la that's the latest big sort of movie effects thing that i was involved with and it, that should be coming out soon oh so, cool how was yeah. it working with guillermo again uh, i mean I, I, he's great i mean the the, I, the uh, uh he selected all these really cool directors you know it's like uh oh he not, produced you know, it he produced it yeah right he, he, right he didn't direct it so he he, he picked like the top-notch uh um horror directors around you know and stuff so um you know oh cool uh, it, it's it's each director directs a different episode so um i did uh, uh you know one of the one of the episodes uh yeah and i contributed to this. they did it, six episodes i want to say it mm -hmm. was um but there's six like movie length episodes, you know. Oh like, wow! Um, okay. They're they're really like they're full. They're basically fi six films, you know. Wow! Uh, but it's it's almost kind of like a night gallery. I'm uh, so glad that's coming back, man. It's such a yeah. It's like it's with love, love, yeah, love, death, and robots, and uh, you yeah, this Guillermo yeah. project. I think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. We so it's it's sort of it's an anthology horror thing with um, you know, uh, short stories adapted um you know with by these different directors and each one does a different thing there's no uh recurring storyline each is a oh, standalone great. each is a standalone sort of story and um uh so it and guillermo I, from what i understand guillermo's going to come out you know at the beginning like alfred hitchcock oh like, no way that's you know? so cool <laughs> <laughs> welcome to uh cabinet of curiosities what you know? a great but, idea yeah you know and and um uh so him. Uh, that should that should be and we, we we worked on some fun stuff for that i can't i, I can't i'm not uh yeah, I know. At liberty to disclose what we made but but uh it's it's some fun stuff you know yeah wow yeah. that's yeah. really cool um, yeah so just being just you know the usual insanity you know so it's you know <laughs> and i was shot up in toronto uh at the netflix studios up there and uh um so it'll be streaming you know, uh, Cabinet of Curiosities will be streaming uh, sometime soon. Uh, uh, like a, a teaser trailer just dropped a couple days ago. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Is anything so of yours in there? No, it's all atmospheric. Like okay. there's no there's no giveaways in the teaser. It's a you're seeing these atmospheric shots of like graveyards and haunted houses and things like that. It's 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 a period thing, you know. So like it has like a Lovecraftian, you know, sort oh, of cool. uh, early 1900s, you know um sort of feel so the teaser is just all atmosphere you don't see any characters or act or dialogue or anything it's just you see shots of of uh of atmospheric looking gothic graveyards and haunted houses and stuff you know excellent so, yeah you know what, I, what i think would be an awesome uh, uh uh anthology series would be like take the all the amicus amicus oh, yeah. portmanteau or whatever they call them the anthologies yeah. and uh put them do them even if you did the same stories and did and do them in the same period in the mm -hmm. 70s like in yeah. the early 70s that'd be really fun because the stories are great and it's yeah. like we we love the crappy charm of them too but to do them like update them and do them modern but still in the 70s i think yeah. that would be such an awesome series 
Yeah, there was a thing. There was actually a thing called, um, I don't know if you saw it, but it was like maybe five or six, seven years ago. They did this uh, League of Gentlemen thing. Did you see that? You know, no. and it's not it's not League of Extraordinary no. Gentlemen. Yeah, it should not be confused with that. It was called the League, <laughs> of, the League of Gentlemen. But they did they did these things. They were homages to Amicus Horror. Really? And Yeah, it was a British program. You know, oh my God, I'm uh, going to write it down. Yeah, it was called the League of Gentlemen, you know. Was it good? And it, it was really fun. Yeah, it was like it was it was it was a very dry British style dry um show, uh comedy type show kind of almost like a like a faulty towers, you know, kind uh -huh. of like that. Uh, um uh but they would they would definitely uh every once in a while they would goof on on Amicus and and Hammer, but done in a loving way, you know. Oh, what that's I mean? great. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was pretty fun, you know. So Anybody that they, it was in the 70s like, you know, like the the um the they'd go to someone's apartment and there was like all the furniture was like chrome and glass. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Anybody that goofs on Amicus, something that obscure has to be, there has to be love there for, for it because oh, yeah, people no, who don't and, love and, and, Amicus don't know what the hell we're talking about. It's like, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's done in a very, very loving way. You know, I love that. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And now the screaming starts, you know, and, and now the screaming stops, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's so cool. Fantastic. So, so are you working in a shop right now? I'm working on a project for Universal right now that I can't talk about. But no, it's my own gig. I'm not I'm not at a shop. So it's your own gig? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean cool. like yeah. Norm Norman Cabrera effects. Norman Cabrera effects. Norman Cabrera monsters, man. Yeah, That's, you know. <laughs> so I didn't realize you, you did a lot of your own stuff. I mean Well, I I I incorporated uh I want to say about three years ago. Oh, okay. So so I I I I um you know, I've always been someone who's contributed to a lot of different movies and a lot of different, um, you know, shop situations, stuff like that. But, uh, um, you know, I about three and a half years ago, I incorporated as Norman Cabrera Monster. So now I, I take Killer. on my own. I take on my own shows and stuff like that. I mean, you know, so um, so the That's thing amazing. I'm doing right now, I, I've, I've done quite a bit. Uh, I've done more of that in recent times than anything else actually you know that is so, so cool i'm, gl I'm glad yeah. to hear that uh because you're yeah. one of those guys in the shops that like does everything yeah but i mean and i like i like to take on just do everything you kind of like yeah, have I, your I, hand in everything yeah exactly and, and i like to take on projects that i could handle you know um uh hands-on you know where it's not like um you know like you're hiring you know 50 people or something right. like that. I, 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 I've been taking on projects where, you know, I, I know that it's sort of like the Dick Smith, you know, that's uh, the way, that's the way know. though, is like yeah, the small you know projects I mean? yeah. where you can focus on just enough, you know, that just you and maybe some other, a couple other helpers can do, you know, precisely. Yeah. I mean, if people, people seem to forget that Dick Smith, you know, did <laughs> exorcist and, and scanners and, and altered states and all, he did it all out of his basement you know in basement and, 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 and it was a tiny, new york you know so, <laughs> it so was it's a sort tiny of like, little uh, basement too yeah I, I, I think i think um i i, I think the the that the that giant you know um shop situation you know is is um you know essential for really big projects but not everything has to be done on that level you know yeah, sometimes yeah. you know so i like i like to um uh I like to take on projects where I can do a personal touch on it. You know, like more Dick Smith style. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's the ultimate. That's, that's the only way I'd want to do something like that. Is it, are yeah. you, uh, is it, are you, do you have a shop at home or do you have like a separate Yeah. I, I just, uh, during the oh, pandemic, uh, yeah, during the pandemic, I, I, I set up a, um, 
a, you know, like a little righteous work situation in, in uh, right here. And all I have to do is walk, uh, you know, a hundred feet and, and, you know, and I have a full, you know, service shop, you know, that's um, so cool. You know, that's and great. I don't have to, I don't have to drive anywhere. I just build everything out of from home. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Congrats on that. that it's, it's, it's like, uh, I was like, I'm going to just trick out, you know, have a, have a, a really tricked out home studio. Um, and, uh, and, and that way I can handle these shows where it's a personalized, uh, you know, you get me, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make stuff for you. Yeah. You know, so, Plus you can yeah. work on your own stuff when you want to. And, as I, well. and I work so on my own, up. exactly. You know, that's how, and that's how I was able to do these videos. Like, for example, like I was able to do the municipal waste video and a, and a, a few other things, um, is because I'm just doing it all here, you know, that's great. And, 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 uh, and then I've, I've gotten, uh, other things, um, from other places farmed out to me as well you know that's so killer man yeah so it's it's kind of an ideal situation uh you know so i and there well, you have it <laughs> you deserve it you deserve it you put your time in man thanks man i appreciate it you know and, <laughs> and you know keep kicking ass over there too man your art is like the shit it's fucking amazing you know? oh, thanks so. i gotta send you my new book i don't know if uh my dystopia epic book where i've i just finished it finally like five oh, years like five years late on my kickstarter it's like thick yeah. it's like a it's like a dungeon master guide for all my characters and my paintings you'll love it oh, you'll man. totally love it dude that's fucking awesome i'll, I'll send okay. you one i'll send you are one. you gonna curate are you gonna curate another art show anytime soon uh, it's it's all about covid i have yeah. to ask him if that's settled we'll do it but i don't know yeah. i'm sort of you know i had to get canceled the last two years because of it yeah yeah exactly but, uh, i'll hit you up when we do for sure for sure i'd love to be involved with that you know yeah. Any, anything that you're involved with i'd love to be a part of you know cool <laughs> right on man well, likewise uh yeah if you ever need any monster designs or not that you need help but if you ever need help hit me up yeah um for sure man because i still do like to keep my I, I like to keep my fingers in that for stuff i can do realistically like designs and shit like that yeah exactly you know? exactly yeah no absolutely absolutely 100 percent. you know i do miss it a bit well uh <laughs> thanks for for coming on man it was so so yeah. great catching up and um for sure and uh you know hopefully we won't let's not wait so long for next time that was a little yeah, bit too long I know. It, just time flies i had i didn't realize it until i thought about it. it's like three fucking years no i know and and i mean dude we, we we this this situation the lockdown thing and all that stuff between everything that's happened it's like two years two two years plus it has has passed us by and, and i'm like what happened in the last few years you know i mean <laughs> it's crazy it's just crazy and it, and and somehow more crazy and manic than ever you know, I, like, know. I, mean, like, yeah. I thought i thought things would be more chilled you know when, <laughs> you know at this stage of the game but no it's actually more crazy you know <laughs> i know i know it just keeps getting crazier it's, it's absolutely something absolutely. It's building to something but indeed indeed um, right so so cool well um and then uh, anybody wants to check out your videos your your new video um it's on youtube and youtube you, well, it's uh t tell me the title again electric it's electrified brain uh is the latest one by municipal waste and then the one uh previous to that is called slime and punishment uh by also by municipal waste but the one the new one is like you know if you like uh it's a love letter to uh you know 80s thrash and mtv area headbangers ball you yes. know kind of like crazy that it's like dio's the last in line meets meets uh um you know ozzy osbourne's bark at the moon you know yeah. <laughs> that's a good description <laughs> you know, like all that stuff that inspired me when i was a kid i try to filter it into to this video yeah. so um 
you know, uh, and, you know, a little bit of quiet riot, you know, in there, like yeah. mental health and a little yeah. bit of su- suicidal tendencies, you know, <laughs> you can't bring me down, you know, like that, like it's, it's all that stuff. I love all that stuff. It made a massive impact on me, you know, when I was a kid watching MTV in the glory days of when they used to play awesome, hard and heavy shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I know the, the podcast listenership will definitely dig it. So it's, it's right on really cool. So, cool. all right. Well, awesome. Well, uh, all you have to left to do, don't hang up and okay. you, you just have to say goodbye. Just say goodbye audience. Or- okay. Goodbye listeners. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> people out there in the, in the, in the ether, you know, uh, ether fuzz. <laughs> what do you, do you have a specific like uh, terminology you use for your listeners or uh i always say goodbye audience it's a stupid custom i've had since i started the show for some reason so i not really (laughs) yeah yeah well you know goodbye audience (laughs) (laughs) goodbye chet czar listeners there you go yeah and uh uh, um keep keep listening to chet czar man the man with the master plan (laughs) all right thanks (laughs) 